Welcome to the ELA Cast episode 11. You'll note that this is a change in format since the last time, oh, so many years ago when we put out an episode. Our audience now is families, parents, those helping support their students in online learning every week. My colleague Karen Smith and I will give some insights into how families can support their kids in online English language arts learning with uh, all that is going on in the world. We thought this might be a helpful resource. So let's jump right in. Karen is elementary, I'm secondary. So each week for about 10 minutes, we'll give some ideas about how families can support kids in their online learning. Karen, we're gonna break yours up into intermediate and primary grades. Sure thing. Which is a little mm-hmm. bit lingo-y. So primary is K through two. Two, okay. Mm-hmm. And then three, five. And then I'll t- mine kind of bubbles together in middle and high school. So mm-hmm. I might just do one, but um, we're third week of school. Yep. Um, the teacher may be doing some read-alouds for their students. Um, as well, those students are likely going to be reading some of these texts on their own just for practice and to build their stamina as readers. And you've got a fourth grader at home. I do. I've got a third grader and a fifth grader. Yep. So I've got the case of the gasping garbage was on the seesaw message to bring that in Yeah. for the third grader. And for the fifth grader, they're, they're moving on uh, Night of the Spadefoot Toads. What do you, what's yep. going on in yep. fourth grade? So Carter is uh, actually starting starting the tarantula scientist oh, a nonfiction yeah. text okay so we're excited to dive into that one now i would imagine your kids like my kids are not you know he's in third grade but he's not reading at a third grade mm-hmm. level yet mm-hmm. so what can parents do families do specifically k2 if they stumble on a word or if they get frustrated with a word is it should i just say here's what that word is or what's the what do you what do you do at home That's a great question. That's a great question because sometimes we just want to jump in and help our children as they're reading and we want to um, kind of save them, if you will, and not make it stressful. But what we actually recommend at the um, primary grades is that when students are coming up against an unfamiliar or an unknown word, uh, we actually want our students to engage in what we would call productive struggle. So productive struggle is really this concept of persevering through something that's challenging by using and activating what they already know to help. So, so yeah. I'm oh, sorry. I was just going to say, what do they know to help? Like what are, Yep. I'm, I'm sitting at home with my productively frustrated <laughs> third grader or fifth grader and they're stumbling on a word and what do I do? Yeah, yeah. So the first thing um, is, Zach, you mentioned a great strategy that you use at home with your son. You say, do you want... Oh, do I, yeah. I ask, do you want time or do you want help? Yeah. Uh, because I find that if I jump right in every time something becomes difficult, there's more frustration because it I, he's... A third grader tends to internalize that as I'm not good at this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but if I say, "Do you want time or help?" then he will he will let me know. So the control stays with him. Yeah. And yep. and you said that if he says help, then a strategy I could use would be yeah. So a strategy that you could use was is to invite um, your reader to say to look at the word and break it into syllables and um, really look at what do you know about the individual letters and the sounds that those 
letters make within that syllable. So essentially we're teaching kids to chunk out a word um, and then put the word back together again. So that's the syllabication process, um, which is really helpful. And what I'll do, often do with my readers at home is that I'll actually write the word out. If we say, okay, we, do, we don't know what this word says, so let's write it down and then let's break it into syllables. And so don't, don't be afraid to pull out, you know, a pencil and a piece of paper to uh, give that added support of how you can help your student break that word down into syllables. And, and a piece that I sometimes have my kids do is when, we, when they get done or when they say, oh, we did that as, at class, I say, look at the next page. Mm-hmm. Look at where you stopped. Look at the next page that you're probably going to start on tomorrow. And what are some words that might, you think might be tricky? Yeah. Uh, to give them a little bit of a head start because I try to make sure that at least the beginning is a little less frustrating so they kind of work into it so they come prepared with maybe oh these two words or three words or 20 words um, in some cases are going to trip me up. So then we work on those ahead of time um, and, th- and work on them ahead of time sounds like we're talking about an hour's worth of work but it really is much more like maybe three minutes of looking at words. Yep. You mentioned productive struggle. At some point, the struggle becomes unproductive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about families, parents who are who see that and you see that your kid's about to hit boiling? Yeah, yeah. Is it all right? To, to give s- them the word. Yeah, absolutely. And Zach, you brought up a great point about previewing. So I, I want to talk a little bit about both of those. Um, the first is, yes, we'll talk about it is absolutely okay to give your child that word because we do not want to shut down the reading process. And sometimes when kids are struggling through uh, words on a page and there's so much struggle, they're going to shut down as a reader and reading will not be an, an enjoyable act for them. So absolutely go ahead and give them that word. Um, the other piece that you mentioned was previewing and that's actually a great strategy um, as parents, you know, as you're looking at the words on the next page to say, let's talk first about these words so that and break those words down um, ahead of time so that when your child is reading that page, they've built up their confidence with that word. So they're not going to struggle in the moment. Um, they'll know that word and they'll be able to read on. And I would say... Um... That that is a strategy. I mean, we're talking about it in terms of elementary students, but that's a strategy that is lifelong, right? Absolutely. So I, mean, I would hope that parents and families of middle and high schoolers are, are doing some similar things when they when their students run into some struggles. Anything specific for intermediate right, yeah. that yeah. we should think through before we move to, to secondary? So with intermediate, you know, then it switches to we are now um, reading to learn. We're now reading to to get the gist of a story or to analyze a story. Not to say that we're not doing that in primary, but primary is really focusing on those foundational reading skills to build fluency um, in all aspects of reading. And fluency is just the, the smoothness with yep. which you read without making mistakes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thank you for that. Um, so when we get into the intermediate grades, what we really want to engage kids in, um, you know, if we're looking at from a word by word standpoint, it could be just word analysis. If they come across a new word that maybe they can read, but they don't know the meaning of that word because it is new to them, we want to talk about like, what are the root words that live within that word? How can we use what we already know 
about the root words to make a hypothesis about what that word could actually mean mm. and then test out that hypothesis of that new meaning as we continue reading. So that's um, the one piece that's really cool to do with um, intermediate students in and, three, four, five. And that, what I like about that is that it doesn't set the uh, kid up to feel like they're supposed to know it all. Right, yes. that, that guessing is okay. Right, that that we are figuring this out. We are kind of coming at this as as explorers or detectives, and there's a game to it. That's right. That I think sounds really interesting. That's right. The other piece um, with intermediate reading is just getting students and and kids into the act of reading, um, independent reading, and reading to your child. Um, and with your child, alongside your child. So I have um, a middle schooler that right now we are reading um, a book together and we'll read a page um, and then we'll talk about it or he'll read a page to me and we'll kind of just process what just happened. And even at the end of the chapter, just having a conversation about what we're reading because the more kids talk, about their reading, the better their comprehension becomes. So just talking to kids about after you've read a chapter, just, you know, what did you think about how the character acted or what, you know, the character's reactions to the events in that story? Or would you have made the same choices that that character made um, in the chapter? So just engaging in a conversation um, is particularly helpful in building comprehension. And I would say, yes, so so you took kind of a piece of what I was going to say for, for middle school is having conversations with your kids about what they're reading. Um, I would say that we've got a lot of novels and independent reading. That would be the expectation in secondary schools is that your kids are should be picking or having uh, novels assigned to them at this point in the game. And if they're not, we've got a number of great resources. One is the Sora app. That's our online digital library. Uh, we've got multiple copies of multiple books. So reading alongside or with your kids or asynchronously too, right? So if you have time when the kids go to bed to read for 10 minutes and uh, they read during the school day, that works too. That's what I'm doing with Night of the Spadefoot Toads so I can keep up with Ben and Frankie and mm -hmm. all the kids. And uh, just picking that and having those conversations. Um, and the goal there uh, is 20 minutes a day. If you can read with your kids or your kids can be involved in reading but on their own for 20 minutes a day, then we are making some good progress there. And, and for me, as a parent who's trying to figure out work and parenting and school and support and online and la, 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 um, having that in my head of, did we read for 20 minutes a day? can be a, like, then I'm going to count this one as a win. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when things come up, I think that can be the strongest piece for me. So I would say for in the high school and middle school, all of the pieces that you just mentioned, Karen, and then are they reading and are they talking about that reading or writing about that reading? Um, I think texting can be, if you're a kid, if you've got a kid who's um, not great at having a conversation about what they read in school, then text them. What'd you read? What was the most important part? Mm -hmm. What'd you think about that? Do you like it? Why not? Um, sometimes just a text conversation um, because that's literacy as well. Uh, and so those are some quick wins that I think from a secondary perspective. Karen, you wanted to say one more thing. I did. Zach, I actually have a question for you. Um, so we have a middle schooler at home and, you know, sometimes we wonder <clears throat> if he's reading at home and he's choosing a book, how important is the level 
of that novel that he chooses. So for example, you know, if my seventh grader is choosing a book that I know is well below his current reading ability, should we be encouraging him to be reading books that are more on grade level and above grade level? Or, you know, what's what's the line there? So I, I always go to literary diet. Uh, think about how you think about food. Um, you're not gonna eat all cake all the time, but you're also not gonna eat all salad all the time. Although Karen, I think you get pretty close to eating all salad all the time. <laughs> and I'm in just a little jealous of that. So I would, I would say that think, through, think this piece through. You should feel pretty sure that your child's teacher is assigning some pretty complex short stories, some short informational texts, some, some shorter pieces that are more complicated, so that are more challenging, that productive struggle. And then for independent reading, I would say let the kids have some choice there. Let the kids decide. Um, I don't want to. I don't want a student to feel like they have to slog through a novel because they were told it's important. That's a great place for kids to start to learn to love and enjoy and identify who they are as a reader. So I would say for those longer texts for choice, if your kid's going to go through and read the book, then that's that's a win mm-hmm. uh, because there are other places where they're reading other things that are more complicated and more complex. So that's that's where I would come down on that. Awesome. All right, Karen. Let's do this again next week. You bet. Thanks for listening, and thanks to my colleague Karen Smith for the great conversation. If you have a question about how to support online learning and hybrid learning at home, especially around literacy and ELA learning, please send us a quick tweet at SVVSDLA, or you can send me an email, and that's chase underscore Zachary at SVVSD.org. Until next week, keep reading.